Alright, welcome to special number three. I don't like calling them special number threes like that because it makes it sound like the other ones aren't special and these are like specials. They I think are, it's. They are, they're more special. There's two of us. That's the only thing I can say. Yeah, well, they are special because they're covering specific subjects and obviously the weekly ones are about the music and whatever I can come up with to talk about. Um. At that very week, which sometimes can be a real struggle. I wanted to say before I actually start recording this, but what I thought would be the hardest thing about doing those is actually the easiest. The tracks. Right. Easiest time I ever have. I'm honestly over, like, I get more than I can even handle. And now I'm having to stay, nope, that's it. Five is the max. Well, well I can keep going and going and going. Great, it's a great thing for a podcast, I guess, because all you've got to do is press play. Yeah. Gives you time to have a think about what you're going to say after it. it yeah. Um, to but, a degree, but also, I'm guessing. People can let us know, but like people want to hear it. Well, I, I hope like, so, yeah. In terms of putting content in the podcast, you haven't got to fill, I don't know, what, an hour, 45 minutes? No, but I do, like, because you know, I don't want to be track of the track, so often I'm like, right, what do I want to talk about? And it's like, I look through the news, and I pick up the news, and most of it's like, so-and-so released a video, so-and-so did this, so-and-so, it's like, I don't really yeah. want to talk about this. So I'm, all, I'm constantly, like, looking for subjects. Yeah. So, like, yes, we're we recording do. this before the next podcast will go up. But I think the next one's probably got my favourite subjects because I, I really took my time with the script for it. Um, and I came, there were several things that happened regarding several sort of big sort of news. Uh, and one of them I've been umming and ahhing about covering in the past, holograms, the deal hologram. Like I really, that's one part of it and so on. There's some good stuff in that one. But we're not here to talk about no. that. We're doing a, a two, another special. And similar to like the format of last one where we, special one was about a specific band and special two was then the albums and stuff like that. Special three is going back to a band again. I I'd originally suggested Fear Factory. Yeah. You came back with a better one. I think we probably will get a Fear Factory one in at some point. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, we came back and we're going to do Cradle of Filth. The blackest of black metal bands. Yeah. Con controversial. Yeah. Well, I suppose <laughs> the first question, why Cradle? Why did you think, why, 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 why was Cradle of Filth? You're like, okay, that's the next band we should do. You know, like, there are a couple of bands you could do really obvious ones here you know but then when you're my age so like 30 odd years old you have bands that have spanned most of your metal time yeah with Sheen Edwards we did in the first special one yeah. or one of that we could do the obvious ones you know we could do Metallica yeah I'm trying to avoid like that. that one <laughs> you know but one of the other bands is Cradle Cradle yeah. were I mean we'll go into it in more detail but Cradle were my first show and it was only probably a couple of months back when I saw them again my rec most recently um, I can't remember where we yeah, were. We, Somewhere in we were the, well, the electric ballroom. Was that this year or was that the no, end of last year? I think it was the year? end of last year. Yeah, because it was cold, wasn't it? Yeah. But again, you know, you're talking about seeing your first band when you're 14, 15 years old. You're talking 20 odd years later, yeah. still going to see the same band. Yeah. Like mostly the same band. Dan, Danny's still there. <laughs> the same front man. You know. <clears throat> um, but also, you know, this isn't just like a nostalgia trip because I still think Cradle have and do offer tons to metal. And I think, actually, weirdly enough, for a band who've released a lot of albums, their mm. last couple are up there with potentially, can be controversial again, possibly the greatest albums they've released so far in their career. I would, so, certainly, I would certainly agree with that in the sense that they started strongly and they're certainly now, not because that implies their ending, but yeah. like going, like this latter part of their career, strong as ever, perhaps more... Um, I don't know what it is, but I mean... You more know, creative. Call it like a, a second wind or a third or fourth or fifth wind yeah. or whatever it might be for them, but... And some, you know, we're going to probably all this stuff in more detail, but one of the things that always comes, makes me think, like, we've, we know that Cradle changed members a lot, mm. you know, 
not all members, but a cu- uh, well, Danny's always there, ever present. Yep. There are a couple of people that come and gone and come back again and all that. And they've had a lot of new members in the last couple of years, and those members have been pretty static for the last two albums. Yeah. And as much as like I know where everybody we we give them a lot of grief, even we do about oh, oh my yeah. god, Danny's just sacked the band, <laughs> you know again. But actually, you know the the latest influx of teammates, bandmates that he's got with him now. I don't know, just maybe it's just opened up some new kind of creative avenues or something that has just kicked them onto a level that I thought may have been past them. But, you know... Did you, um, obviously in the last two albums, they returned back to uh, double guitars. Yes. That seems to have been really a creative high decision. Yeah. Because you look at their sort of band list and the oldest sort of present not including the Danny, goes back to just 2006, which is basically drums, yep. the drummer. And then it's like 2012 and 2013 and 2014 and stuff like that. But again, this is just the present members and when they were previously... It doesn't necessarily mean who was previously in it. No. I would hate to look at the long, long-ass list. Yeah, there, there is former a long members. List. I'm scrolling down it right now, former members. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyone on the vocals? <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, you don't want to look at that. But that's... That's the way the band are. Maybe there are other bands. I don't know a lot of bands that are like that. You see a lot of bands with former lists that are, you know, bloody ridiculous. Don't get me wrong. But the only other one I can think that like is kind of off the top of my head that sort of seen. Right, it's weird because the only other band I kind of seen in a cradle situation, not so much now because obviously he's back with one of his founding members, but it was Megadeth. You know, there's a reason why it was called Mega Dave. Yeah. Because ultimately Dave was the band and that was that, and that was just totally fine, you know. But you never see Cradle of Filth, even though his fucking last name character's last name is in the title ever referred to as just being like Cradle of Danny yeah you know no one ever does that it's known and kind of mocked and derided and laughed at about how there'll be a revolving door at Cradle of Filth and so on yeah but it's like there's no like everybody knows that Cradle of Filth is Danny's band yeah that's, that's it there's no like oh it was co-founded by people it doesn't really matter Cradle of Filth is Danny Filth uh, yeah. for all intents and purposes because the main focal point of Cradle of Filth is the vocals. Yes. And it's Danny Filth's vocals and they are pretty close to unique, I think, in can black you... metal, at least in the way that they're delivered. And don't get me wrong, people can growl, people can scream, people can that. Um, I'm not trying to make out he's the world's greatest black metal singer, but he's unique. I I, I think, yeah, unique's... Like, because I, I, be, I wouldn't be able to pick, if I didn't know like really well, like, but, and I wouldn't be able to pick his growly side out of a lineup. But those screeches, yeah, it's, it's the, the transition. It's the going back and yeah. forth between it, and yeah, I mean, it, it it works for them. It works for him. Um, it's like he probably has a lot of bands you could say this with. Don't get me wrong, but you can afford to change the drummer twenty five times because they'll always find a capable drummer who can come in and play the cradle of filth rhythms and beats that need to be played. Yep, Danny can't. No, you know, without Danny, there is no cradle of filth. Yeah, and that's pretty much the way that it is. You know, he's infamous. For being Danny Filth, whether it's from naughty T-shirts or he's been on television on the BBC, actually, yeah, a program called Living with the Enemy, where his neighbours, uh, it was about Nightmare Neighbours or something like that, really? and, they, and they were the neighbours. I watched a documentary on BBC Two, like only like thirty minutes back, God, fifteen years ago, or something like that. I'll probably find it somewhere, huh? BBC iPlayer or something like that, maybe who knows? But um, yeah, so like it was in his front room with Danny and his wife. I don't know if they're still married or if they were married at the time. And the neighbours were complaining about how terrifying they are and, you know, all the really? imagery. And yeah, yeah. That's so fucking weird. I, I, I do remember, so, even though I never watched the show, this sticks out because I think it briefly kind of made 
headlines, and this, this might have been 10 odd years ago, but I remember there was a storyline in Coronation Street where a young boy of one of the families, whatever, was being all moody and teenager and going goth or something. And right. they, he was, and in the show, he was seen wearing a cradle of filth, think principles of evil made flesh right. t shirt. Doesn't and that kind much. of was made a big deal doesn't of. Doesn't mean much these days because Kanye West could wear one, I suppose. But yeah, it doesn't mean much. I, but I remember I kind of quite a big deal. I mean, I'm not, you know, like like you, I don't really watch any soaps like that. But my missus does watch Hollyoaks regularly, and I remember a similar storyline in that where there was like this kid called Newt or something like that who was walking <laughs> around like all goffed up all the time, and he wore. In one episode, when she was watching it, I saw he was wearing a placebo t-shirt oh wow which i thought was very very odd for the imagery they were trying to portray mm. it wasn't it, they weren't portraying emo they were they had him like white corpse paint and long black hair yeah, and black, long leather one, coats, no. and then they had a placebo one and then like an episode or two later he had a cradle top on but it wasn't like a, from what i remember it was just like a black top with cradle of filth right. across the front of it generic so, fucking weirdly enough like you know if we talk about these bands like that kind of cross over into other areas and uh the fact that these soaps even know the band yeah. to, to, to include that. So, oh, we need to make someone the goth. What band should we put on it? Do a bit of research. Oh, Cradle of Filth. That's the one. It's like, oh, okay. Because of all the names you could choose, you could probably have gone... Oh, there's, there's many other ways you could have gone with that. You know? I always thought as well, like, even if you don't, like, have some sort of curse with, oh, they're, they're like, a well-known, whatever. The name alone is what it does. Because, like, okay, so you Google Black, say you Google Black or Death Metal, Black Metal Bands, whatever, and you get the likes of Emperor and stuff like that. It doesn't quite sound as terrifying. Yeah. Cradle of it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It that's, sounds troublesome. It sounds it, and that's why you think they'd avoid it though, because you know my missus does watch Hollyoaks. It's not fair, but that's life. Mm. And um, generally, other than if she's recorded it, I think it's on at like whatever, like six, six thirty in the afternoon. So, you know, you think that actually the fact that it's cradle of filth, which is quite offensive, like to some people, just as a term of its own. Yep. That actually, you know, it's not like it's after nine o'clock or at watershed or anything like that. You think like they'd be like, oh no, that's a bit much. Let's put emperor. That would because realistically, if I need to dress someone up like a goth, all I gotta do is put a black shirt on him. I don't actually need to put a band on him whatsoever. You could just get one of those really, you know, like the really horrible. Can't understand what the fuck the band is, but you know straight away it's it's evil because it's made out of twigs or some shit like that. Particularly for a horror theme or a movie Mm. or or anything that's or black, just black's the color, isn't it? That's it. Oh, we need a goth. Dress him in black. Yeah. Long leather <laughs> jacket. So, do you remember, do you remember, not album-wise, but do you mm-hmm. remember what your first memory or introduction to Cradle was? Like the very first... I do. I remember. Um, my introduction to them was, again, this is probably going to happen to quite a lot, actually, on the, a lot of these podcasts, Is was through a CD that was free with a magazine. Okay. And the track that was on it was Lust, Maud and Wargasm, The Lick of Carnivorous Winds from the Cruelty and the Beast album, track 10, I think. Okay. <laughs> Fucking great song. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, God. it is. And so yeah. you listen to that. And that's... I listened to that and then I bought the Cruelty and the Beast album off the back of that. Yeah. Of which I then found, again, you know, like I said in the previous podcast, there are, you know, when you're younger, sometimes it's about enjoying the music but also enjoying the shock factor, you know, the fact that your mum might go, what the hell was that yeah. crazy devilish stuff you're listening to? You know, um, I'm learning not to keep dropping names, but like I was speaking to somebody about <laughs> looking back at Cradle of Filth actually a couple of weeks back, and uh, they said that their first memory of Cradle of Filth was me being at their house, and when I left, their dad saying that they didn't want him to be friends with me anymore because the dad feared I was a devil worshipper. Well, because you were from, playing because we were playing Cradle of Filth. Oh. 
which would have actually been that first album I bought. It would have probably which been which would have been Crawley, yeah. And it had little, little, little moments on it, you know, little shock factor moments like, um, like that twenty odd long second scream or yeah. The I, I can't remember the name of it, but the, I think it opens up or yeah, no, it opens up with like a thirty or forty second long kind of. Um, it's not an instrumental, you know. It's, you know how they do Cradle; they do like its effects and a woman screaming in the woods and and all that sort of stuff. What's well, so the opening track of it? Yeah, the, yeah. Once upon a trust. Yeah, which is just like a, it's not. It's not long. It's not. No, there's no vocals. There's no singing or anything. Like right. That. It's it's the noise of a woman running and heavy breathing as she right. Through They're wood and, stuff. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. And you, you listen to Ooh. that when you're 14, 15 years old, and you're like, oh, shit. We'll come back to it later. Here? Remind me the question, then. Which of those... Because Crail have always done those intros that always kind of set up the album as a whole. But which... There's, there, and they can often be really good. We'll get back to that oh. later on. All right. So, right. Yeah. So, Court, right, so Court on the Beast was... Court on the Beast, but Last More Than Orgasm, specifically. Yeah, you're right. It was track 10, by the way. So, it was yeah. 1990... Released on 5th of May, 1998. So, well... I remember it well, and I and I was you know just purely randomly through shuffle. I was listening to it again today because it's always been it's, it's always album. been one of my greatest, my favorite Cradle songs. I think it's fantastic, and out of the whole Cruelty and the Beast album, which I still love a lot of, mm-hmm. but as you get older and you learn a bit more about music and production and what things sound like, you know, yeah. it, it is a glossy kind of commercial sounded <laughs> album with a very strange drum sort of effect. Some drum sounds very tinny, yeah, but that song isn't. That song is bassy and deep and dark and you know anyone who thinks there's no proper black metal on the cruelty and the beast album should listen to that song and the last one on the album yeah so looking at the track list like i mean all of these ring a bell some of them like i always look and think all right i vaguely remember not vaguely because i know the song really well yeah, but yeah. i vaguely remember the twisted nails of faith being like a big one i remember for my youth yeah but look at it now i'm like okay no the best song in it is bath bath bathory araya it is because of the epic scope and that's what i ended up growing to love about cradle more and it's what ended up twisting me towards the emperors and the likes and stuff yeah. like that is that scope because you can have those huge even almost catchy like beneath the howling stars arguably the catchiest most everything that you'll think of like not, not every album but at least with this album with many others is you'll remember just moments even though it's 20 odd years ago or whatever, little moments that will just stick in your head forever yep. now. You know, like you said about the twist and nail of the faith. The thing that I always remember with that song, and I'm pretty sure it's that song, is this beginning which starts with the mirror, mirror on the wall. Right, yeah, that's right. Yeah. pleasure be my all. Yep. You know, <laughs> you know the words. And just little things like that, and it's like they just stick in your head. It was, it was, it was a well put together, well produced, well made album. It pissed people off, but it, it gained them more fans than it lost them by so, a long with, shot, I think. With, without, yeah, yeah, but without sort of. Give it, saying what it it what what it is if it's not would is that your favorite cradle album then no right okay no. well, let's not worry about that then just right yet right so I mean it was at the time but it was the only one I'd heard then so I guess that's not really <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was like the third there was a third album so you didn't third have album. loads to choose like from. many bands like we said you know the previous one you don't often come in at album one no, back God, in no. the day you know that's not where you start these days we find bands at album one oh yeah different you know, now yeah. But back in the day, when you're getting into something, it's all already out there. So you come in where you come in, and then you go backwards. Well, you weren't like... I miss that. I miss the fact that you can, these days, it's very rare to find a band that you go, I love this album, look backwards and go, there's fucking five previous ones, yes! Blind Guardian is about it, Metallica, you know, you do Metallica, you came in at the Black Album, you go, oh, one, this is great. Oh, look. Oh, yeah, yeah, go back to that. Master of Puppets, Ride the Lightning and all that to go into. Oh, poor me, yeah. No, you're right. It's yeah. There's no more of that because ultimately we'd have found everything by now. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, all right. Well, mine. Uh, it's been mentioned in uh, wherever we talked. Well, uh, it was the albums one, weren't it? Because 
we talked about it then. So I'm not going to go too much. You can go back and listen to Special 2. But my introduction was from The Cradle to Enslave, the EP yeah. released in 1999. Uh, really not that long after the release of Cruelty. So. No, it was very quick. But, but there wasn't it, much on it. No, it was literally uh, six tracks, but most yeah, of them most were covers. Of them, most so, of them were bonus tracks and things like that. Yeah, from The Cradle and Slave, of Dark Blood and Fucking, Death Comes Ripping, which is a Misfits cover, Sleepless and Anathema cover. Yeah, Sleepless is a trancey kind of electronica song, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Poets Church, From The Cradle to the Prey, which is a remix. Yeah. And that was only in a European release, so we would have had that then. Don't really remember. And Funeral Carpathia, be quick or be dead version. Yeah, so again, a remake of a previous song, so... Oh, and if you had an America, oh, if you were in America, you got Dawn of Eternity, a massacre cover. Okay. Don't think I've ever heard that then. No, I don't think I have either. But um, well, but the song itself cover. was the yeah that yeah. that was the selling point. That yeah. was the song that like yeah I, when I first I I, I I mean I love that song. I still love it now. Always a pleasure here live and so on. Video it, was cool. Yeah, it came in a company <laughs> video, including like a behind the scenes as well. Yeah, which was really interesting. Yeah. Um, I learned a lot from that, and that's kind of like that was. That's my earliest sort of rem- memory of it. But after that, I don't think there was... I don't think it hooked me enough to get, make me go, oh, I want to know more. Like, I, ve- I would rem- vaguely remember hearing, like, the Twisted Nails of I remember having friends yeah. in school that were big into, big into that particular song. Uh, but it wasn't until 2000 and their most commercial release to date, yeah. although that's not a slur because it's a damn good album, was Midian. Yeah. And that was the big moment. Weird, you know, not, not something I was aware of, really, until I was reviewing the more recent um, albums. But uh, apparently, Midian gets the treatment that, you know, when we talk about Machine Dead and they say there's nothing better, nothing good got released after whatever album. Yeah. Apparently, that's what Midian is the one. So people say that nothing good came from Cradle after Midian. So I didn't realise until I was reviewing things and I was doing my research and looking up and seeing what people thought of the album. Just getting yeah. like, you know, general idea. And uh, yeah, everywhere I went, it was like, no, I gave up on Cradle After Midian. Midian was the album. That's so up, I, I, I thought up. I thought people were like, oh, I don't know, Principle of Evil made, made Flesh was pre-going commercial, so then they hated it after that. But apparently Midian was the album where the people t- switched. And it might not be so much to do with Midian as in, or more maybe to do with the fact that there were a couple of weaker ones after it, you know, that turned people away. But you're yeah, right, I it is the most commercial one. one, but it also seems to be the most popular among the general fan base, strangely yeah. enough. Yeah, I mean, like, track-wise, like, yeah, right, so that, I would, yeah, I would say I probably was able to, at the time, get along with this more because this was the height of my new metal time get on because of the fact that the songs were so much more yeah. um what I use so much more easy to swallow Accessible. yeah easier to understand like get on with because like but it is a well all right at least it's only an opinion but in my opinion it's a much darker and heavier album than cruelty and the beast you reckon i do yeah i think it is i think it's got heavier songs that i think the the production on it is a lot darker and heavier because the drums have some meat to them yeah okay but it's weird because but it, yeah, I look at it now, and I'm like, oh, like several of these songs on it <clears throat> aren't like I would consider my kind of like cradle favorite sort of yeah. things. Like, I love hearing, like you know, I like hearing them live and so on. You know, I'm not even like even things like Her Ghost in the Fog, which was so overplayed because it was so commercial. It was put on Koran TV and things like that. Uh, I still like hear it and go, oh, let's put it. I never really listened to it. Maybe that's why when it does come on now, I'm like, oh yeah, cool, it's a good song. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, Midian's got. I don't know, three or four like classics on it, but also 
in many people's opinion, including my own, the best song they've ever written. Well, on it, which well, I won't go on to yet, but uh, we will. I, I'm pretty sure I know which one it is. But um, so these four classics, what would you say the four classics are? I want to see if. Well, I'll leave that one until last. Yep. Um, I, I think her Ghost in the Fog is fantastic. Yep. Tortured Soul Asylum. Uh, where am I? Let me just have a look on here. Amore Morte. And then the last one, Terry and the Veil from Grace. Oh, that's interesting. I would have gone for a couple of different ones there. Lord Abortion yeah. would have been one of mine. Um, Cthulhu Dawn, I've always been a huge fan of that. Um, obviously, it goes to the fog. But yeah, again yeah. with you, uh, Terry and the Veil from Grace. This has become a bit of a, uh, a funny thing for us in that uh, I think the last couple of times we've been to Cradle, we've been like, right, what haven't we heard live? Yeah. And it basically comes down to this song, and we're both always like, "Well, we're never going to hear it live." No, Do you think? It's too Maybe? long. It's too big. Too... But then we also said that that bar three Araya, and they played that the last time yep. we saw them, and it was a general like, "Oh shit!" And you know, we start to think, "Will will will it be? Will Danny start to get in their mind?" He's like, "Oh, which ones haven't I ever done?" Yeah, I think bands do get to that point. You I know? think the thing is, they're at a place now where we can start getting a few things like that because they now have um, Lindsay Schoolcraft in the ah. band as a permanent member on the keys and with the female vocals. And both of those songs, Bathory Araya and uh, Terry Neville from Grace have key female elements. Yes. Um, before that, there were females out on tour of them, but they were touring members. There were people brought in to do a song here and there. But now with a there full time, I guess one thing you need to do as a band is if you've got a female member in the band, you've got to actually utilize them. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like- So maybe it'll push them down. Go, okay, we got right. We're gonna have to do a few songs for Lindsay now. What ones do you want to sing along to? <laughs> It seems like what particularly going off when we saw them live, she's certainly got a uh, a lot more. She's different in terms of like uh, say the singing that you would have got on Terra and Veil from Grace because she's not necessarily she doesn't come across she's like not operatic, operatic yeah, you know. um, but she's got a good voice. She seems that the the band seemed like you know we've we've seen them a few times recently and seen them in the past many many times. They seem like in a good 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 place <laughs> like they really do like even. The, you know, the stuff that you see on like, I don't know, magazines or websites and all that, the band looks like they're in a really good place. And I think that's why the quality of music at the moment that they're pushing out is great. I don't know if it's that Danny's found five nice submissive members, <laughs> you know? <laughs> He's found in a piece, man. But, you know, sometimes people, you know, I don't, I don't mean it as an insult, I really don't, but if you're, if you're all relatively new to the band and then Danny feels like your front man, there's got to be an element of like, surely they're going to almost idolise him to a degree as well. So, you know... You know what I, I like it too, Rob Tr Rob Trail when he joined Metallica. Do you remember? Uh, I think it isn't some kind of monster. When they show him the contract, it's got yeah. a million million pounds, yeah. and he's sort of just like really awkwardly like, "Well, man, I don't <laughs> that's what it's got to be like, right?" Yeah. Just that whole like, you know what? I, I'm I'm cool. You know, Tell me what to do. I'll play whatever bass parts you need. Yeah, and and you know, bands are the band, isn't they? Danny Danny must have earned the the right. You know, like if you look back, even on like Google it or whatever, and you look back at the previous albums, all the way back, even on Midian, uh, it says every single all lyrics. Written by Danny Filth, all compositions done by Danny. Th you know, like it was, it was essentially it is Danny Filth. He sits down, he writes some bloody intelligent lyrics with words that I'm not sure are even real sometimes, <laughs> but we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, uh, and then he gives that to the band to play. So you know, there's probably no better example of like it is Danny Filth's band, and after yeah. doing all that really, really well, if you're a guitarist in a band, that's maybe not quite hit the same sort of success as Cradle and you get an invite to come and be the guitarist for Cradle and you get along I guess you're not going to be at two years in very forceful going I want to I want to write solo yeah, you, yeah, you know yeah. you're going to yeah. be like dude it's Danny Filth 
why don't we have a pop punk chorus? You know, you're not going yeah, to yeah. be suggesting shit like that. Danny might. <laughs> right. So that's right. So what was Midian? What followed for you afterwards, or did you go backwards next? No, I went backwards first. Right. I went backwards very, very, very quickly. Um, I became a fan very, very quickly. So did after. you go right back to the start, or was it? Did you go dusk and her embrace, then principles of evil? No, I. Do you know? I actually the the album. I, I went to first, if, if I think anyway, you know, is Principle of Evil May Flesh. Right. And out of the two, even now, that's the one I prefer out of the two earlier ones. Wait, Principles over Dusk? Principle. You like. I, I, I prefer Principle of Evil May Flesh over for Dusk. Oh, that's, no, that's really interesting. Okay. Yeah, mm. sorry. Sorry, I didn't quite understand what you meant. Yeah. Me, but yeah. yeah, no, I do. Why? Yeah. Uh, I've, prefer some of the songs to be totally honest with you <laughs> don't get me wrong this isn't like this is one of those things where i'm not trying you know i don't think that's going to embrace it a bad album god i no. think it's a great album it's got some great songs in it but i think the principle of evil made flesh has got some much better songs on it see i've always had an issue with principles of evil made flesh but it's not their fault right it's not their fault, <laughs> <Whose> fault? <laughs> <laughs> well actually it is their fault but it's not their fault in the same way so I, I don't remember going back. I may have heard Dusk and Embrace, but I certainly don't remember much from Principles of Evil Made Flesh. I then discovered uh, Bitter Sweets to Succubi, yeah. which is basically a 10-track, almost re remix or re-release. Yeah. Now, it had some cut stuff from the old, which yeah. obviously, like, Principles of Evil Made Flesh was on it. Um, Some are dying fast. One key song, which will be the one that like everyone will go to at some point, which is the Black Goddess Rises to. Well, yeah, I was about to say that, <laughs> that, 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 yeah, that. Um, Born in a Burial Gown. I also had a, and and although at the time I didn't know it was a cover, No Time to Cry, and I know it's a cover. Right. Yeah. Um, which weirdly enough, I don't like the Sisters of Mercy version. Okay. I like Cradle's version. <laughs> so like for me, that was like, oh, it's so cool. And then like I hear Black Goddess Rises too, which is an incredible effort, and I, it, that was always highlighted my. My that Danny Phil low talk thing he does. Yep. Fuck, I love that. Um, and then when I went back to Principles and I see the Black Cordus Rises one, effectively, yep. and I listen to it, and I'm like, oh, that's not as good. That's no, not see, as good. I'm the opposite. <laughs> really? I, I'm not a huge fan of number two. Oh. I don't like what they tried to do with it. I don't know what they tried to do with it. I guess it just modernized it a little bit, you know, yeah. modernize the sound on it. I like the original. I like it. I think it's raw as fuck. It, yeah, it's raw. It, yeah, you know, but that's what I liked about it. it that's what I liked. It's not my favourite song on the album, though. No, go. On, what's that? Uh, the forest whispers my name. Oh, well, that's a great. Yeah, that see that one. I will agree the with the guitars yeah. in that song. Like, I love, I love it. I think it's not. It's not these days. It probably wouldn't even make it into my top ten. Weirdly enough, but I think it's a fantastic song. And I remember that when I think back to getting into the Prince of Even Made Flash, it was the forest whispers my name that I got stuck on for probably for months. Just I, listening to it over and over again. I look at the I look at the track listing, and honestly, like this is probably the one that I know the least as well. Yeah. I, I, I look at some of these. I don't even remember that's half good. of these. Think of all the new music you got to listen to here. It's or, too long. Of Mister <laughs> Mister Midnight Skies, eight minutes and ten seconds. You want a cradle epic? Like check that one out. Yeah, but what in Secret Love We Drown? One minute twenty nine. Yeah, because these are all like, like like they do these days. They're not necessarily sharp blast songs. They're like the atmospheric sort of ending of one song intro to another yeah. you know where the album kind of gets joined together uh, the actual title track principle of evil made flesh oh yeah that's very dark and heavy song yeah i know that one well yeah okay right that's... well we've got to talk about Dusk and embrace then yeah yeah absolutely and um, you know i'm, I'm... gonna go through basically the catalog so this is a uh... oh would it was this is my is this my favorite of theirs i'm of leaning it towards it <laughs> what's your favorite track on here then what's the what's the one that you you, makes you think this is your favourite well the title track is incredible incredible uh -huh. incredible but 
I'm very like Haunted Shores is one again that like I really love but it, there could be there's so many Malice for the Looking Glass Heaven Torn Asunder Funeral Carpathia jeez yeah but you can't and it's it's longer than the principle of Evil Made Flesh too so yeah you're right bitch the mind about that <laughs> this is 9 tracks 53 minutes yeah you're right that, you look, look, yeah, it's a solid album, man. And I, I think That's Gonna Embrace is a fantastic song. I think Funeral and Carpathia is probably mm. my favourite on that album. Possibly Baby That's Gonna Embrace. I'm not sure it's one of the two anyway. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's not a dig at the album. I think it's a fantastic album. I don't know. What, sometimes you don't know why. I don't know why. But when I listen to The Prince of Believe and May Flesh and then I listen to that, I got stuck on The Black Goddess Rise. I got stuck on Forest Whisper of My Name. And even these days now, you know, I can... I'm not going to do it. Don't worry, listeners. But I reckon I could sing... Not in, that, not in that <laughs> style all the lyrics to both of those songs even now like 25 years later so is that so last question again considering that is that your favourite Cradle album no okay right <laughs> strange right so basically that covers pre-modern when I say pre-modern um, it's because ultimately what happened off the Midian and it's mainly related to the label I think is why as well if you were to talk, talk selling out what yep. people could term then what happened off the Midian would be exactly Cradle of Selling Out Point, which is, I'll, well, I'll say now before I go back to something else, weird as fuck considering the album in question has got some of their most heaviest and mental shit going. But, right, back to Midian, Cruelty the Beast, Dust Gonna Brace, Puts of My Flesh. I asked you a question earlier on, and it was about the intros to albums. Now, Cradle, first four, had those sort of gothic intros. They kind of lost them a little bit later on uh, with some albums, then came back to it again later again. Is there, would what? What do you remember? Which would be your favorite? The one that you think, wow, that's such a cool fucking intro. Does that ever like cross? Did it ever really come intro up? Intro to an album. Yeah, like you know that intro, like you talked about the woman and all that. Because there's one that basically I think I always go back and go, wow, what a great intro. I'm trying to think of them to be honest right now. So feel free to tell me your. Well, it's Midians, and it's the intro. What's the intro to Midian? Midian. It's at the gates of Midian, and it's just like slight sort of piano like little like tune right. and then it's sort of like these sort of dun, 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 oh you know what no I said I, you know what I might do I might add a snippet yeah they'd be alright with that yeah 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 I might add a snippet in between this Danny loves a bit of promo it's not like the song <laughs> but it's 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 so fucking good yeah I mean I mean the one that sticks in my mind you know, even though we've spoken about it already is the one at the beginning of Cruelty and the Beast one well, Final Atrocity yeah the fact you brought it up already yeah. the fact it sticks in your mind so come hey. on then let's talk about it let's talk about it which one are we talking about an amphetamine no 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 we're going <laughs> we're going on the album the one album that was released on Sony Music nah, let's not talk about that one the the sellout album, as yeah. it were, the moment where they, where whoever the fuck Sony won, oh let's sign them. Million, that album's so great and doesn't make a lot of sense. One the album whole, as the well, whole signing of them, uh, one album, but also I think possibly their longest album. Yep. Um, that they seventy six fifty three apparently. It's a long album. It's kind of four parts. Has four done parts. it. Um, so I'm, you know, I, oh my goodness me, let me try and. I'm, what I'm trying to do right now, just so everyone knows, is I'm trying to look through the track list and decide what songs on this. Here's I, the big problem. I know well. It? Yeah. It's one thing. Um, and like well. And to be honest, I'm struggling. Um, there are a couple of songs that I do know reasonably well and I quite like a little bit. I mm. guess Babylon AD isn't so bad. Uh, that was the single, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Hurt and Virtue, I think I, I think I know well. and Thank God for the suffering. I know. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm struggling with this one. Yeah. 
I'm not going to lie. There might be people out there that love this. Maybe I didn't give it enough attention. I did. I have not listened to this album very much. 17 tracks. That's yeah. the thing. I haven't listened to it very much. But I would have listened to it because I'm a Cradle fan. And the thing that happens when you're a fan is if I listen to something, I will find a hook, a track, a moment that yep. I like, that I remember. And that makes me then want to listen again. And then I'll find another. And I don't, I don't have that with this album. I'm, I feel like I listen to it and then put it away. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which is, I guess... The, probably the worst thing possible for an album. I guess it makes it forgettable. I've, here's, for, I've forgotten. <laughs> here's the maddest thing. It worldwide sold more than Midian. Mm. By fi- well, by over 50,000 records. Maybe that's, also, maybe that's the positive of a Sony label. I don't know. <laughs> but saying that, because as I say, I've got very little to add on Damnation a Day. I'm in exactly the same belt. I remember I remember the video for Babylon AD. I really liked it. I liked how heavy it was. I remember certain songs. But if you ask me to tell you the compositions and the setup of it, I'd struggle. I look at half of those tracks and I'm thinking, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Like, what was that track? What was this? And I know I listened to it because I'm pretty sure I owned the damn CD. Because I'm almost definite that came out about the same time. Yeah. After Live Bait for the Dead, which was a two track, uh, two track to CD live album. And for some reason, you know when your brain just associates one with the other? Yep. That's what I ended up doing, particularly as I think at the time they were going for the similar to Bittersweets for Succubi, these similar style of covers. Yeah, absolutely. But they followed it up with, well, it's uh, this is, this their is, return. It's a bit of a, a debatable one because this is also on a new label now and um, a label that, I guess if you were in the metal world, would have been the more commercial, commercial of the metal yes. albums. Um, well, they did several albums in a row in it, really. So, yeah. but it's is this is actually yeah. Would you say this is their not their most famous album, really, ahead of Midian? Nah, no, no. You know, I, I think I, I still think Cruelty and the Beast is probably their most famous album. Oh yeah, of course. I yeah, actually, yeah. I think this it. isn't maybe like maybe third on the list though. So you probably you're probably not already. We're talking about Nymphetamine. Nymphetamine. Um, uh, yeah, the the album. Not just a song. <laughs> yeah, the label we're talking about as well is um, Roadrunner. So they ended up going to Roadrunner. Yeah. Which uh, which is a big label for the big bigger bands, you know, and not, not the not the back metal bands, not even the crossover black metal bands. It was your well, your like your Slipknots. Yeah. You know, the people like that that were making yeah. waves across all genres. Even now, like you get your five finger death punches and the like. So they yeah. were signed to that. So yeah, you know, uh, Nymphetamine as an album is a Marmite album for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think. I'm a fan. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a fan of everything on it. And I also can happily admit that it's definitely polished. You oh, know, yeah. Sound-wise, it's polished and clean. It's, and Yeah. <laughs> it's had the rub. Yeah. Um, but there are some really, really good tracks on it. There like, are. Some really good tracks on it. Some some that would actually make it into my, you know, top 10 cradle or, or, or whatever it I might agree. be. I you agree. Know? And one of them is like almost like often Cradle's opening song for live now, and it still sounds as strong as it did when it's first released. And we're talking about Gilded Cunt, yeah, which is an, a great one of the best songs on the album, um, and a very naughty word. Well, yes, yes. I, I always remember listening to it. I fell in love with Absinthe with Forced before I did anything else in the album, probably because I was listening to an order and it was track five. And then uh, Nymphetamine Overdose, which was the longer version of Nymphetamine. Most people hear Nymphetamine now, they just think of the short Nymphetamine fix that comes at the very, very end. Just the uh, sort of epic woman singing, Danny singing version rather than anything else. Featuring Liv Christine. Yeah. So I think like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing really, because Nymphetamine Overdose, the lengthier version. Yeah, because the, le- right, so the long version comes in at nine, over nine minutes. 
Whereas the shortened down version, the fix comes in at five. So you're listening like the four minutes you're missing is like four minutes of metal that comes kind of at the start. And then you sort of drift into the... Yeah, yeah that bit. But um, I do always have a laugh over one particular track and it's Coffin Fodder. Uh, have you seen IT Crowd? Yes, I have seen IT so, Crowd. Do you remember the episode where um, Noel Fielding's character gets in the cradle of filth and he goes to a funeral, uh, which is the... Someone had died and he turns up in goth makeup and he talks to the woman in front of Denim, uh, Denim and says to her, and he hands her a cradle of filth CD and says, listen to this, it got me through some hard times. I recommend the track Coffin Fodder. And it always kills me. It's like, that's awesome. That's awesome. They actually picked the track as well. And it's a true cradle track, Coffin Fodder. Good song as well. Yeah, there are, there's, there's a few on it. Yeah, I, I, I'm a fan of the Nymphetamine. The Overdose one, I liked a lot. But, it get, you know, it, it gets almost too long. Like After a few plays, there's a point where you go, right, you know, I'll skip that last ending when it comes in one last time. Yeah. You know, I'm all right without that. I like the Nymphetamine fix. I've listened to that a while. Uh, I didn't really know who Liv Christine was at the time, but I know who she is now because she's also become like the best guest singer on a few other tracks that I really, really like, like uh, uh, Come With Me To The Other Side, which is an Auden Ogan track. Oh, okay. But she's a female singer. Oh, now, really? So, okay. you know, so she's got a great voice. Um, I like English Fire. Actually. I like English, English Fire. English Fire is one of the songs I like a lot, and uh, Absinthe With Fast yes. is one probably the best song on the album, I think. Uh, not maybe not necessarily like not right. It's not the heaviest. It's not this and the other. But I think like if you're talking about how well a composer is, well, it's a good song, man. It's a how really well good put song. together it is. It's a great song. Is this your favorite album? No, no. This is no, no. This is <laughs> this actually wouldn't probably be. This would probably be my. Oh my god! You'd probably be talking like fourth or fifth. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. We then follow that up with a stinker. Let's both be honest. It's a stinker. It's the last stinker. Yeah. Thankfully. Yeah. Happily, this is the last stinker. This was a um, one of the shorter Cradle albums, also released on Roadrunner. Again, this is you talk about polished polish of amphetamine. Uh, this was a polished one as well. But I, I really, I look at this now. I remember a lot of these songs, and I can even hear them now. And I still struggle. And one particular, I get mad at hearing live. It was it, thankfully they seem to have dropped it completely. If you're listening to us, that's not that you are. Follow suit and drop your <laughs> cover. We've heard it enough. Raw, raw, Rasputin. <laughs> but yeah, this, 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 it had some all right songs. That's the best I can say. Some all it's, right songs. It's got one, one, that I, one that I actually think is very, very good. Go on. And then a load of all right. Uh, Tonight in Flames. I'm a, I'm a fan of that song. I like it. Um, other than that, the, you know, yeah, like you said, they're all right, aren't they? There's Defeaters of a New Day Kicking's all right. There's a seven. Cemetery and Sundown? Yeah, Under Huntress Moon is all right. A couple of them I don't really know very well. I did. There's one I, I didn't even know this one. The Byronic Man featuring Vile Velo from him. Oh shit! Which I didn't even know was on there. So again, that made fuck all impression on me. That really did, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, the I, only one that really jumps out um, is uh, Love Sick from Mina because I remember really hating it. Uh, yeah. Really, it's kind of slow as well. But only everybody. Yeah, see, we've got that on the. Uh, yeah, you know, like uh, you get all these different versions of it again. Again, like a Japanese edition, which has got like a, a Samane cover. Yeah, Halloween there, too. Um, Shakespeare sister cover. Stay on. Oh, that's the bonus version. Stay with me. Oh fucking hell! <laughs> I want to hear that. Actually. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't know that existed. That's quite amazing, isn't it? That's nuts. That's got to be fucking weird as hell. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look up that. I'm gonna have to look that up. I did not know that existed, and I'm still looking here. That's hilarious. 
it's on the oh it's on the DVD a bonus track on the harder darker faster thornography deluxe, deluxe DVD yes I wouldn't have yeah. yeah okay but ultimately what everybody remembers from this album the one thing to remember it was on TV all the time almost like the same time roughly as like Marilyn Manson's um, Tainted Love and crap like that was the cover of Temptation Heaven oh. 17 featuring Dirty Harry now here's the thing initially I didn't mind this cover but it's then a, it's a gimmick in it you yeah know, it's like that's what it became and then it was shown so much and I've grown to hate it um, absolutely hate like, it like you already alluded to and then it became part of the live show because it's no longer a gimmick then it's like the band are taking yeah. it seriously and it's like no no no, no hang on don't take this seriously yeah. this is just a joke on the album right that's, bonus track that's a, yeah, that's, a, <laughs> that's a section where you can play a yeah. fucking song you know but there's really not much to say about that album it's so forgettable it's yeah. so not pointless because hey, you got no, be... everything happens. I guess for yeah. a reason. Uh, I guess <laughs> I don't know. But then you know it, it it got followed up with one of the best, I think. Yep, good album. Godspeed, Godspeed on the Devil's Thunder. I always remember it kind of. I think leading up to it, kind of got my attention because it was uh, obviously the 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 narration. Yep. Narration is done by Doug Bradley. Obviously, uh, horror movie fans would know best as Pinhead from the Hellraiser series. But this has got some fucking great tunes on it. Yep. Uh, the 13th Caesar. That is one that always comes to mind. That's... 10 years old now, man. 2008 it came out. Oh, Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, 13th Caesar. Yeah, I agree. Honey and Sulphur. I'm a fan of. Yep. I, I'm not a fan of this song anymore, but I was a good big fan of The Death of Love. Yeah, for first some reason was, yeah. there was um I can't remember what it was. It was probably like a I don't know an EP or something like that that they released alongside this or a live album. They did a few. They did the alternative version of it, which for, I I don't know why I've ended up. But I've ended up listening to it once or twice, and it really isn't. It's really quite irritating. <laughs> um, and it I, it's it's wrong, but it's tainted me listening to the original one because of the, listening to this alternative version of it. The limited edition bonus disc, which had a demo version of the demo. It, might, it might be that, yeah. It might be that. Looks like it, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I think this was after 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 um, what's it call it? Phonography. Yeah. I think this was my sort of restart back into it because I remember loving this album I remember listening to this album a fucking lot like enough that I can in my head I'm already like I can hear the 13th season and uh, 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 that bit and shit like that you know and Tragic Kingdom and things like that so I mean this was the last one on Roadrunner as well before they moved again labels yeah which is weird that because did they I'm just trying to well it was three albums on, on Roadrunner so you could argue they had a three album deal yeah, and it ran out and Roadrunner weren't interested we were 2008 at this stage did Roadrunner go well look guys you ain't really relevant anymore maybe because who knows, who knows what goes on with Roadrunner they dumped Machina didn't they I hate them <laughs> I hate them how dare they <laughs> they are what are they what, what would be best comparison they are Disney of metal yeah almost yeah, <laughs> yeah you know. Star Wars of metal <laughs> don't knock don't Star Wars <laughs> Pushing loads of merch. Forget about the content. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You know, like, uh, Roadrunner yeah. was a massive part of me growing up because yeah. not only were they, like, a lot of the bands that I liked were signed to them, but I remember actually at one point being able to just almost look at what was signed to Roadrunner and go, I'll check them out, I'll check them out because they yeah. were signed to Roadrunner. You remember that, like, Roadrunner United CDs, yeah, Roadrunner DVDs? United. They, oh, yeah, Roadrunner United. They used to, I don't know if it was, it might not have been related to Roadrunner actually, but it used to, because I used to have these VHSs, didn't they, called Drilling the Vein? Mm-hmm. 
I can't remember if they were Roadrunner specific or not. They said Drill in the Vein 1, 2, 3, 4. That. And it was like the music videos of all these different bands. But I can't remember if they're Roadrunner related or not. But oh, you did have a couple of them, didn't you? Yeah. So, in 2010... Yep. Consi- like, so, we're going for the dis- discography because ultimately we followed them along this path as well. Yep. So, as each album came out, we've heard it and we've been listening to it and so on. So, in 2010, this has got to be your favourite, isn't it? This is the one? What? <laughs> no. No. Have we passed it? No, we haven't gone past it. Oh, that's it. fucking weird. Which is strange, yeah. Because... Oh, I know which one it is now. I reckon I can guess it when yeah. we get to it. Well, there's not that many to guess from, so if you can... no, but... <laughs> you've got about a 50-50 chance. But I think like this has got one of your all-time favourite Cradle songs in it, right? This ha- has it. Let me have a quick look. It's got a couple that I really like. Um... Lilith Immaculate. You would do it. I really like... No, I do. I really like it. Yep. It probably wouldn't be a top... 10 for me but it'd oh, be, really? it, it wouldn't be far off but then you've got to look how many crazy yeah, songs there okay. are so it's hard to make a top 10 yep. I think it's a great song Leather to it's, um it does the thing that I love about Cradle with, I know not everyone loves it but I love the female vocals and the Danny Filth separate coming together different t- you know I love it no, yeah, Leather to Macchiette does that perfectly but this has also got a song on it that I, uh, I'm not a fan of and again this is maybe an overplayed one which is the Forgive Me Father I Have Sinned oh yep 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 um, it doesn't feel like a cradle song to me it feels a bit like wrong like it should be a bonus track or something like that a bit it's... more like a sort of standard metal song almost with Danny's vocals fine if they want to do that but it just never really hit, hit it with me so no. there are songs I really like on this but there's always going to be that like I always look at that track 10 Forgive Me Father I Have Sinned and I think like it just doesn't fit Where's it? it should be on sonography <laughs> or something See, I can't remember what was going on, like, music-wise for me, but basically, this album and the next couple of years of Cradle, while I did listen to this and I enjoyed things like The Number, The Astral Habit, mm. um, and so on, I don't remember this very well. Right, okay. Because I think at the time, I reckon, looking at the date, 2010, this is maybe when I was discovering my more, like, older black metal yeah, stuff maybe. and things like that because I don't really remember giving this a lot of time no I, I I do you know I think I probably played this one more than Godspeed to be honest oh um, so yeah the other way around for sure yeah uh, yeah Little Immaculate I think it's a great song and probably and probably the best song on the album actually or, or my favourite song on the album is the first one The Cult of Venus Aversa which I think is oh yeah dark so that was the yeah that was the first one on peaceful as well where they were going to do the next one as well. Yep. So in 2012, the Manticore and other horrors. Just on, on that peaceful, one thing that's quite well, interesting actually because of where it's going is that, that it actually says that the label was only peaceful in Europe and it was a nuclear blast in the US. So, so there were nuclear. So there was already a link there between them and nuclear blast that all the way back. So they back were on moving that for a while than almost yeah. yeah, which makes sense because basically nuclear blast. Yeah, well, they're no. probably the second biggest. In fact, you could argue nowadays they're probably think, bigger than yeah, Roadrunner. I, I mean, you look at the bands that are on. Yeah. Basically, all the Roadrunner bands that I remember being Roadrunner almost, other than maybe Slipknot. Yeah, or, yeah. anything Corey Taylor related, or now on Nuclear Blast, you know, Machine Head, Cradle. Like, they're all, they're all, I'm, well, I'm trying to think of the other one, Soulfly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Amor the Martha on Nuclear Blast. They're all there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because they're like the go-to name now. But they're like your likes of Central Media Records. Yes, yeah. they're really... oh, they're huge. They're absolutely huge. The weird thing with them, and I, I don't know enough about labels to judge, and I don't want to get into like label judging or anything like that. No, we do. We judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know enough to judge a label. But from what you read about, you know, people like Machine Head and that who say they people are moving the Nuclear Blast because they're a good label. And a lot of time, all you hear from bands is about labels ripping you off and yeah. labels this, that, and the other. So they seem like a good thing, like Nuclear Blast. Like they are basically a powerhouse, but the bands like them. 
the bands are in, like you know Machine Head did a big thing didn't they about the packages Nuclear Blast putting out the guitar that's true you're right you never really well. hear you never really hear negatives no, about you hear me. about many 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 labels like aside from little small independent ones who you know are doing what they can do but uh, yeah all the big bands who are vocal <laughs> are all happy to move to Nuclear Blast and re-sign so they, whatever they're doing they seem to be doing it in the right way because Which they are nice. collecting a lot, like where you get like the likes of Metal Blade, who are fairly well known as well, but yeah. they stick to sort of a specific kind of genre yeah. and stuff like that. And the Nuclear Blast confused me for like us and the site is we um we don't get our promos. We're not we're not well known enough to quite have the touch for Nuclear Blast. Big up Central Media Records though for liking us. <laughs> um, but Nuclear Blast, but they do, and out of nowhere, occasionally, randomly, just go oh send us send us some news. And it'll be like, yeah. it seems to be focused either on ministry. How much ministry news do we get? Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe no one else wants it. You know, and it's kind of like, I don't want to cover ministry. I'm not like a hater of ministry. I've enjoyed ministry in the past and things like that, but like, they're not on my radar in the same kind of way. And it's like, here's another email about ministry. Do I really have to post about it? Yeah. And their new shit is long. <laughs> but um, back to cradle, back to cradle. I mean, to be fair, if we do end up on Nuclear Blast promo list at some point, you're probably going to have to hire like 20 people. Yeah, I was about up. to say this. How many bands are there? <laughs> Suddenly be starting getting every release for every band on Nuclear Blast. It would I mean, be. great for listening. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, that's a lot of extra yeah. work. Um, the Manticore and other horrors then. How, how well do you know this one? This is uh, a bit of a difficult one, strange, isn't it? Yeah, strangely enough, not very well. Uh, one or two songs that I know reasonably well, but not yep. very well, which is a bit weird because I really liked Lilith Immaculate. So I know, again, it's weird, but I would have definitely picked this up and I would have listened to it, but I have no massive memories of it. Um, the song, sorry, where am I? Frost on a Pillow yep. and Huge Onyx Wings Behind Despair are the two that stand out to me the most and two I can remember. Okay. Oh, see, mine's different. The Abhorrent and For, for Your Vulgar delica Delicatation. Yeah, Delicatation. Yeah. Um, they're I, the two I that stand out. I mean, some of these on here, I'll be honest with you, succumb to this Sinfonia... Oh, that's just an instrumental. I, they don't actually ring a bell at all, which is strange. But I'm not, but I know I would have listened to them because that's what you do, isn't it? But again, it just obviously didn't hit or hook me in quite as hard as, um, well, many of the other albums did. Yeah, because like, they don't, they, you know, it's strange as well because when you look at all of these albums that we've been maybe a little bit more down on than others, when you think about the amount of sets that we've seen live. You don't get many of these strikes on there. Yeah, that's <laughs> the know. thing is we're not... You look at that list, I don't think I've had... Potentially maybe Huge Onyx Wings Behind Despair. I don't think I've ever heard any of those songs live and we've seen Cradle a lot. No. <laughs> you know. No, you're right. Yeah, these... Yeah. So maybe Cradle, you know, also, you know, kind of know that, all right, there's some songs on here that aren't... Yeah. Aren't quite, quite up to scratch, I don't know. Everyone's going to have different opinions on it, but yeah, this album... I think I think it is. I think it's like yeah. I think it's that. I think it's just an it's just a a run of the mill cradle album that didn't make any yeah. impression. Clearly enough to say, particularly when you know it's followed by what is your favorite album, right? Is it? Are you sure? I'm sure it is. Because now we mentioned. Because uh, I also do remember this was your number one album of 2015. Yeah. And we saw them as part of their tour of this at the Coco. Um, this, this album, yeah. Uh, so this is it, isn't so it? So this this is it. Yeah. Hammer of the Witches. Of, Hammer of the Witches. And I know uh, it's probably, I don't know, uncool or bad form to put a reasonably new album as their best album. But I, I'll tell you this, and this isn't just my personal feelings about how amazing the album is because I like it a lot. Yeah. I listen to a lot of Cradle. I've heard them be bad. I've heard them be good. And we've seen a lot of Cradle. It's not like we don't, you know, we've, we're not going to talk about like three shows or anything like that. We've probably seen them. We're probably in double figures. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 
so we're you know i think we're reasonable kind of like professors on the subject to yeah. be honest uh this album sounds amazing yeah. it's dark it is really fucking heavy it was the first album with what is now the current lineup yes still, yes. still the same lineup same yeah. lineup yep um so this was Lindsay schoolcraft was now in the band they were um, really making use of the uh of her vocals yep which I, you know, i've already said i like um i can honestly tell you that if i was to tell you right now what songs i like on this album it is every you're single gonna be going through all of them aren't you yeah every single one of them there are a couple that i love and a couple that i just like but in terms of an album it is one that i would play from track one through to track 11 all right, I might skip a couple of the instrumental bits <laughs> and happily play it on loop without having a song that comes up. You know, where you go like, oh, skip this one because that one's coming next. You'd be like, no, I can't skip this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll happily do it on loop. Uh, and that's still now. Um, best song on the album? Yeah. Say, by, say, say my favourite song on the album is Deflowering the Maiden Head, Displeasure in the Goddess. Yep. Yep, agree with you on that one. I do have a shorter title, but we'll go with it. <laughs> and that's, that gets played live as well, doesn't it? That so. does get played live as well, and it is fantastic, and it has that thing that Cradle do brilliantly, which is like, it's a very, very, it's a, it is a dark, it's a heavy song. It's very, very heavy all the way through, and then at the end of it, it does that tone switch, where it's now Lindsay and Danny, yep. and it, you know, it switches it up, and it, it just, yeah, it's brilliant. It's a great song. And there's a, there's a, you know, for a Cradle, for all of their creativity... There isn't always that much creativity between tracks on show on some of the bad albums. Um, yeah. On here, you do get total switches in the style of song. Like Blackest Magic in Practice is comes straight after uh, Deflower in the Maidenhead, but they're you know they're so different in songs. There's no like songs blended into each other or anything like that. Um, Weirdly enough, my six-year-old daughter absolutely adores Right Wing of the Garden Triptych. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. She yeah. loves the intro. That would be. If there was a commercial yeah. song in it, it would be a commercial. That was the single, or that had a video released or something for it. About yeah, I think there was a video of it. And again, <clears> we've seen that live. Um, and then, you know, we are skipping over a few here, but Onward Christian Soldiers yep. is a fucking awesome tune, man. See, why I really like Hammer of Witches is basically, to me, it always, other than obviously having a deeper, richer sound, it to me, it combines the past. And still sounded like modern. So you had a mix of like, you, you had your older style, your yeah. Dustin, your Brace, your Cruelty and the Beast. Um, <clears throat> and you had your sort of modern, um, what would I, not, not, the fucking Sony record. Forgotten the title of it. That's how important that one is. <laughs> <laughs> Which one was that? Was that Thornography? No, 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 no. That was, um, where are we? Oh, Damnation. And yeah, Damnation. like that. So you had that heaviness yeah. that existed on that, that I remember as well mixed with like this plus elements of <clears throat> elements of um what's called Godspeed on the Devil's Thunder as well. Yeah. So it's like a, it almost was like a career spanning if if such a thing existed. Like not not it's hard with that because it's not like there's only eleven tracks. So you can't span a career. It's not like um the Machine Head, Lakes Machine Head's album where you have like seven well I can't remember seventeen tracks or something like that, right? Uh yeah, fifteen I think. Fifteen thinking, where yeah. you've got a wide like it's only eleven tracks, it's still only fifty six minutes, which is really short for a Cradle of Filth album. It, yeah. But you look at I mean, for this album, right? Three members changed. Mm. Three in one hit, two guitarists and Lindsay joining the band. Um and the label changed. Yes. It's, you know, it's the sort of thing that, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but you think, like, that's too much time. This album can't be good. It's not going to work. Yeah, it should work, yeah. 
the two guitarists came in, which, like you've already said once, is a good thing. For, yeah. I think it's a good thing for any black metal band, to be honest, to have those, that rhythm and that gazer that can go off and do the, the solos. Yep. But yeah, I don't know. Sometimes maybe things just come together for a band, whatever it is with this album. I, I, I'm pretty sure I gave it 10 out of 10. If I didn't, I should have. If you didn't, it was 9.5 yeah, or it was close. 9.999 or something like that. <laughs> we um, don't, we're not going down that route. It was my favourite album of the year. And I remember it also, it was a tough one because there were some really good albums and I was balancing off. I think there was like a Night Rage album and all that and I didn't know what to do, <laughs> I think. But um, yeah, I love it. I, you know, I, I honestly, I still listen to... I'm trying to think if there's anything like that. You know, genuinely, like you do with a lot of these things, I yeah. probably do skip the one-minute sort of uh, intro instrumentals and all that. Yeah. But the main songs, you know, Yours Immortally, The Flowering, all that sort of stuff. If they came on, like, now, I, could, I wouldn't be able to skip it. I wouldn't be able to turn it off. You'd have to all listen to it. How often How yeah. often do you go back and listen to it now, though? Like, oh, I listen you... to a lot of it today, but purely because I was on my way over here, so I thought I'd better, better remember. Oh, put it on. <laughs> um, I, I listened to this album... And the next album that we're going to talk about, yes, probably, uh, you know, weekly anyway, you know, a, a, a lot. So go on and what's the next? Because uh, right, first things, let's preempt this. I think this next album is Cradle almost not returning, yeah, returning to the roots to a certain degree, returning back to the earlier days without losing the steps they had taken forward as well. Mm. Would you say that was the case? Yeah, I mean, I I kind of felt like it was a, a t- an attempt to do Hammer of the Witches too, not, okay. no, and that's not a bad thing because um, they're not fools. Danny Phil's no fool. He would have oh. known that Hammer of the Witches was receiving bloody yep. good press, and it was a good thing. He had the same members in the band, so of course they're going to probably end up recreating something similar-ish to mm. to to where they got to. Um, I think, yeah, you know, I don't know. Same member, same label. 12th album though can you believe yeah so obviously this is Cryptoriana The Seductiveness of Decay and it was only released last year well the end of last year September 2017 and it's another bloody good album 8 tracks see that's why again you kind of think oh that's a hark back to the olden days when it was 8, 9 tracks max but still coming at 50, 60 minutes everything on this album was set up to make it Hammer of the Witches 2 because they've even got the same producer Scott Atkins oh really for both of those albums so you know it came you know it came within two years of Hammer of the Witches 2 it's a really really good album Mm -hmm. I don't I, I I remember debating on this because uh, you know I, I I think I pretty mu- I think I, I think I put this as my album of the year as well. I don't think you did, you know. Or if not, it was definitely close to the top. Of what two thousand seventeen. All right. While you're talking, I'll look it up. Yeah. So, um, I know a couple of these already are live hits that get played a lot. Live Christine comes back for for a song called Vengeful Spirit. Um. So obviously, ex nymphetamine singer. Hope Lindsay was all right with that. Obviously, then yeah, there was no bad. Well, either that or like I said, Danny, but it's quite a chill out so much. It was kind of like, yeah. okay, forgive me. I don't think guess. there was any bad blood because she was never a part of the band, was she? She was just a, a guest vocalist. Yeah, that's true. But but um, it's weird. I, I guess it's weird. It's probably not weird. It, it seems weird because um, they only ever used guest vocalists for the songs where they didn't have a female singer, but they were doing female parts. But now they have a female singer, but they bring a female guest in. It was your number one of 2017. Yeah. Somehow um, that beat out Night Rages and um, the Venomous. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
I don't know. You know, maybe sometimes you look back and things in hindsight, and uh, it's it's hard at the time because I remember listening to this album. You get blown away by things, and then two years later, you look back on them and you go, hmm, "Maybe I was too generous at the time." Still, I think it's a great album. I do. I think it's got their second best song of all time on it. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is uh, West uh, Vesper. Time. Okay. Yep. This is, yep. You're damn right. It's a great song. It's brilliant. The ending of that song, the. It's like you know, honestly, I could, I could happily skip the whole album and just play that like minute on loop forever. <laughs> That's it. I'm done with metal. All I'm gonna do is listen to the last minute of West for the Vesper time forever. Um, there is a song on it that I was never like a hundred percent keen on, and I'm still not sure on now, which is the only reason why, like, I guess I put it below. Hammer of the Witches. Can I guess? Go for it. Well, the one that I think's a bit weak is "You Will Know the Lion by His Claw." Uh, I agree, but it's a bit weaker. But that wasn't my one actually. One. It's achingly beautiful. Okay, yeah. Um, only reason being is I don't like the singing bit when they do the eight, the words achingly beautiful. Fair I think enough, it sounds yeah. off. I don't know. I know it's probably meant to sound that way, but I listen to it. And I think like I was like when they were mastering it, they missed a bit. Oh shit! If it's <laughs> you know, it's it just sounds a bit weird yeah like if it's yeah if that's not working for you it's yeah, yeah like it, it's always fun if it's like it, it's kind of like grinding um one of the things i wrote about today for the upcoming next podcast is uh, about baby metal without going to much detail why but one of the things i talk about now is um the whole reason why i can't get on with it is how it's like nails on the chalkboard yeah. voices it just so, happens sometimes don't it yeah you it just doesn't can't. mean there's anything wrong with the band it just doesn't work sometimes yes but you know probably I say, I say this a lot probably my favourite thing in the album it's not, it's not my favourite thing in the album but um, I remember when I first put the album, uh, album on and this is probably why I got blown away but the in, the intro the exquisite torments await yep which is I think it's pure instrumental I could be wrong on that it might have some like 215 it's got to be 215 yeah. that screams it but it leads directly into Heartbreak and Seance yes so it goes oh, straight yeah. down of course down, it does down, yeah down. And I remember listening to, you know, when you get two minutes into a new album from Cradle, you're a big fan, you've just had Hammer the Witches, two minutes in, you're like, yeah, it's pretty cool instrumental, and then it comes suddenly in with the next song going down, and I was like, shit, this is it, this yeah. album's gonna do This it. is, yeah. I remember for about a month after this album came out, this was my favourite Cradle of Filth album of all time. <laughs> a month after that, I, 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 you know, you kind of go, no, it's not as good as Hammer you of the Witches. You settle down a bit, yeah. It's fucking good, but it's not as good as Hammer of the Witches. Right, so that's the Cradle entire back catalogue, right? But I'm um, not up in terms of studio albums. Instead of studio <laughs> albums, <we're... laughs> we go down all the rest of them. We be here all night. <laughs> yeah, we might. We might. Uh, I don't think is there anything actually worth bringing up in that because we already talked about. Um... No, I mean a lot of them are sort of you know we had there were a lot of um, remaster albums. Yeah. Right there. So like they did, I think you talked about Bitter Sweets to Succubi, um, Evermore Darkly, which brought a few more in. Lovecraft and Witchcraft, I think it is. is Lovecraft that... and Witch Hearts is a compilation. Yep. Midnight in the Labyrinth is a compilation. The Empire or Dark Fairy Tales in Palestine. Yeah, wasn't that re- um, remastered as well? Uh, so it's from 1996. Yeah. You know, so there's a few bits and pieces. There's a live album from 2002 as well, Live Bait for the Dead. That's the I one I'm talking about. I've actually heard that. Um, yeah, that, 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 done, but... That's that's the one I talked about. Only one that I always kind of associate alongside bitter sweets. Uh, that, the, the label that, that was released on sounds like it was made for Cradle though. The label was called Abracadaver. <laughs> so, there you go. Never even heard of them. No. Fucking hell. Do you remember you wrote an article for the site top ten Cradle Filth songs? Well, you don't look at your I phone. Do, do you I remember do. what your top ten were? I would remember. Imagine that my number one was tearing the veil from grace. Okay, so I've got it in front of me. We're gonna we're gonna remind you. I bet if it's nothing like what I said, I'm going to be really disappointed. Right. 
So number 10, you had Lilith Immaculate. Oh, there we go. It did make the top 10. Yeah. Number 9, From Cradle to Enslave. Number 8, Wester Vespertine from the new album. Oh, I'll put that to number 2 now. <laughs> number 7, The Flower and the Maidenhead, Displeasure, yeah. Displeasure and the Tune. Goddess. Number 6, Her Ghost in the Fog. Mm. Number 6. Yeah, I love it. Number five, The Black Goddess Rises, which ties into what you were saying. One as well. Yes, just one, yeah, <laughs> from Principles. Number four, Cruelty Brought, brought the Orchards. Orchards. Orchids. Orchids, yes, we as Orchards as Orchids. Cruelty and a Beast. Number three, Dusk and Her Embrace. I'm surprised I put that above that. Uh, yeah, that's number her. three. Number two, Lust More Than Wargasm. Yeah, tune. Number one... Got to be tearing the belt. Yeah, it's tearing the belt from Grace. Here's your number one. Yay, one out of ten. <laughs> best written, best composed, most powerful song, Cradle for Forever written. The words of Brendan through the site. So, the truth. Right, <laughs> we've already been going for over an hour, but we've got to move on to live. We've talked loads and loads about how many times you've seen them live. Yeah. Without going into, right, so you've, would you say there's any points that you've been like, now they, like you, thought they were shit live have you ever yeah. seen them shit yes oh okay right uh, tell it shit shit might be the wrong word but i felt that they were shit um you're gonna have to re- help remind me on the bands but we talked about this actually briefly in one of our previous podcasts and it was the it was the gig where there was a, a little it was a black metal tour yes there were like three four bands together um gorgoroth gorgoroth one of them yeah it was heavy stuff and now remember when the band when it was announced there was talk of like Really, Cradle with these other three bands? That's not going to work. And I think Cradle knew that too. Moonspell so, and Septic Flesh. It was 2008. To what Cradle did, mm. and you understand it, but it wasn't what I went there to see, was they basically played anything that hadn't become too popular. I'm assuming to look more black metal. I don't know that, but I can't understand why they would have done it otherwise because they play... They don't play the same sets, but they play certain songs all the time, and all those songs were dropped. Yep. All of them. And I remember being there, and I want this song, and I want that song, and I got none of them, and I couldn't understand what they were doing. They weren't shit. They played all their songs fantastically. The gig was good. I enjoyed it. I saw bands like Gorgoroth, who I'd never seen before. But it wasn't the cradle gig I was expecting. No. By any stretch of the imagination. It's almost one you completely forget about. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, fr- it frustrates me a little bit when things like that happen. It doesn't it hasn't happened to a, a hell of a lot. I guess sometimes we've had experience, and we'll talk about this probably more in the live album. We've had experiences that sometimes these amalgamated tours where you're going to bring three or four reasonably big name bands out together it doesn't always work out that no. well. I prefer. I've not seen Cradle. I don't think I've seen Cradle bad uh, when they've been doing their own tour where they're headlining doing an album tour they got a couple of little bands with them or whatever yeah I don't remember seeing a bad set bad gig same the only sort of negative gig I've saw them with was where they supported someone and it wasn't Cradle's fault um, it was actually the crowd so I saw Cradle support Behemoth a couple of years ago so obviously at this point Behemoth were uh, become the powerhouse to hurt were mm. the Satanists and bringing Cradle out of them was an interesting choice I yeah. think it was a bad choice I think they're two very different bands uh the Behemoth fan base is, as I discovered, live are a bunch of wankers. <laughs> a bunch of absolute wankers. And I had to endure what I, you know, I'm a Cradle fan, but I had to endure surrounded by the drunkest, most aggressive, nasty scumbags that had no interest in Cradle but wanted to make sure everybody knew they hated that band. Yeah. <laughs> and we're talking about sticking a middle finger out, 
screaming, booing all the time. And it was like half the fucking crowd. Yeah. And it was a packed up form because Behemoth were there. Just go to the fucking bar. And I remember being just being like, you know, it's like I'm having a miserable fucking time. I think I'm going to leave. Yeah. Like, I'm just not having a good time. It almost, it almost puts like a bad, it's not Behemoth's fault by any stretch, but it almost puts a bad taste in your mouth no, about be- Behemoth, done it? Because yeah. you're like, uh, it's just like horrible, horrible fan base. It's not the first time I've discovered like a fan base yeah, or been is. part of a crowd that I fucking hated. There are a couple. Like, yeah, but like that, that's the only one that really sort of sticks my name. I'm like, yeah, that wasn't... But that's not Cradle's fault. No. Nah, they nah, were just nah, being Cradle. It's a bad memory. I mean, the one I, one I was talking about probably is Cradle's fault. <laughs> to be <laughs> yeah. honest with you. Uh, I, you know, the human beings... You know, I, I kind of get it. You know, they don't want to come out, do they, in front of Gorgoroth and play Temptation, do they? <laughs> no, oh, and I get that. Brilliant, and yeah. then if they had it done, we would have all been probably ribbing them for doing it. So. Would we though? I think I'd have, like, on reflection, I think now we'd be talking about going, wasn't that, wasn't that good of them not to bow to that pressure? It, maybe not with Temptation. No, no not that particular song, <laughs> but, yeah. You know, there's a little bit of like, take some pride in your music, man. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That the, the, the fans that have come are probably here because they like those songs. Uh, they've got into you because of Cruelty Brought the Orchid yep. and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, maybe... Don't hide them. from it, basically. Yeah, yeah. be proud of it, man. So that's it. I think we've really covered everything, haven't we? Cradle. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, like, it's not like Machine where there's some mad, long, lengthy stories about it and about history and stuff like no, that. No, we don't... Like want... We've been listening to Cradle all our lives. We don't want to go too much into detail on the things like the live stuff. No, because, because um, we're going to be doing one doing after that anyway. So, we should wrap this up by you... Trying to scream like Danny Filth. Can, yep. you, do, can you do it? Oh, that was Tarzan, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs>